Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. Customer service seems to be a thing of the past. This week, Robert Quintana shares what Jesus would say about how we should serve one another. And his message, Service with a Smile. Has anyone here ever asked the question, what has happened to good customer service? Raise your hand. Has anyone ever asked that question? Maybe you're at a restaurant or you're at a hotel, you're at a business, you're at a retailer, you're at a store, and you just scratch your head and you ask yourself, what has happened to good customer service? Ah! Heather and I were at a restaurant a few years ago, and it was a Mexican restaurant, and most of the time we pick Mexican restaurants when we're really hungry because they serve the chips and salsa right away. So we were starving. We go to a Mexican restaurant, we sit down, sure enough, the chips and salsa on the table right away. And then we wait five minutes, and then we wait 10 minutes. And 15 minutes into this, we're asking ourselves, where are they? Is it, do they know we're here? And so, you know, I'm trying to get their attention, and then finally someone comes over and, you know, may I take your order? Absolutely. And by that, we had already, you know, perused through the whole menu. We knew what we wanted. Now, Heather and I are both vegetarians. So we ordered a dish without meat. And so we waited about 10 minutes. The food comes out and Heather digs into her burrito. And immediately she sees that there are chicken chunks in her burrito. Well, it must have been a mistake. And so, you know, I look around, there's no one, and I'm trying to get their attention. And, and finally, I get someone's attention, and they come over. And I said, you know, very nicely, you know how it is. You're in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, you know, I don't want them to take the dish back and spit in it or something. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I hate to impose. You know, I'm sure it was my fault. Maybe I didn't you know, make it clear enough, but, you know, we're vegetarian and, you know, we don't want any meat and there's chicken, you know, in the burrito. And she kind of looks at us, just kind of put off, (sighs) takes the plate back. And a few minutes later, she comes back and just kind of plops the plate on the table and walks away. Okay. All right. And immediately, We look at the burrito, and now there are chicken strips on top of the burrito. (laughs) So we're thinking to ourselves, what is going on? What has happened to good customer service? Ah, So we're looking around, looking around, and finally I get her attention, and she comes over. Again, you know, you're being as nice as you can, right? You don't want them to take the dish back and spit in it. So, ma'am, we're vegetarian and, you know, there's chicken on the burrito and we don't, we just want a bean burrito with no meat, no chicken, no nothing. And she goes, there's no chicken in the burrito. I, yeah, but there's chicken on the burrito. 
I kid you not. I am not making this up. The lady looks at me, looks at Heather, and looks at the plate, and with her fingers, reaches down and grabs the chicken strips off of her plate and walks off. Heather and I, we we looked at each other. Did that just happen? Did she really just stick her fingers in your plate and expect us to eat that? What has happened to good customer service? Well, needless to say, we called the manager over. We said to her, listen, I don't know what's going on, but this is what's happened And we're not going to eat here. And we're not going to pay for the chips and salsa that we just ate. We're sorry. We just thought you needed to know. And so we walked out. What has happened to good customer service? Today's message can be wrapped up into two words. And I want you Pathfinders to repeat this with me, okay? Be hospitable. No, no, say it with passion. Be hospitable. Be hospitable. All right. That's what I want to talk to you guys about here today, about being hospitable. Be hospitable. Because unfortunately, good customer service is something that is leaving us, but we need to bring it back, especially in the context of church. Now listen, I know that church isn't a business and we're not here to make money or make a profit like secular businesses out there. But I believe that there are some principles that we can apply to our church that will help us improve our customer service and improve our our hospitality because you know why? We're dealing with much bigger issues. We're not dealing with a profit. We're not trying to make money. What we're trying to do here is win souls for the kingdom. And souls are a lot more valuable and a lot more important than making a profit or just meeting the bottom line. We are in the business of saving people and it is important. It is vital that we be hospitable, that we provide good customer service. Now, the best place that I've ever worked or I've ever visited, that I've ever been to, that has taught me about good customer service is Disney World. Has anyone here ever been to Disney World? All right. It's a wonderful place. In a way, it is a magical place. You go to Disney World and you feel like you're in a different planet and everyone's nice and everyone's hospitable. Customer service is great. Everyone is there to serve you. And you know that there are principles that I want to share with you here today that can help our church be 
a hospitable church, a church that welcomes people, a church that makes people want to come back, a church that when people leave here, they want to tell a friend. They want to tell someone. Now, you might remember the scripture reading today is found in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. I want to read that to you real quickly. It says, let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by, do, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Now, the word entertained there is an interesting word. And you need to understand that in the context of this passage and in the context of which it was written, it means to be hospitable, to reach out. You see, because back then it was very common for strangers who were traveling through a certain town to knock on a door and say, may I stay with you tonight? We don't, back then they didn't have the plethora of hotels and motels and places to stay. And so a lot of times people would knock on a door and they would say, we're traveling through. Do you have room? Can we stay here? And so here you need to understand that when he says entertain strangers, he's saying be hospitable, let them in, serve them, be kind to them. And that is what we need to do as a church. We need to not only entertain strangers, our guests who come to this church, to this facility, to this building, but we also need to entertain and be hospitable to everyone around us, whether they're young or old, whether they're a long-time member or whether they've been here only a few years, whether they're visiting with us, maybe they're just passing through and they're just visiting our church. One time, they'll never come back. We need to be hospitable. We need to welcome them and we need to show them good customer service. We're not trying to make a profit. We're not trying to make money. But what we are trying to do is win souls for the kingdom. Now, I want to share with you some of these principles that I learned first when I worked at Disney World. That's right. When I was in high school, I had an opportunity to work at the Swan Hotel. It's a Westin Hotel. For those of you that know Westin Hotels, and right now there is a Westin called the Swan and there's a Sheraton called the Dolphin. You can Google it. The building itself is pretty amazing. The swan has two huge swans on the top of the building. And the dolphin has two huge dolphins on top of the building. Even though they look nothing like dolphins in my opinion, but they call them dolphins anyway. So you have the Swan and Dolphin Hotel that are right there on Disney property, sandwiched between Epcot Center and MGM Studios at the time. I think they've changed the name to to something else. But anyways... You can take, you can take the boardwalk to Epcot Center. You can take the water taxi to MGM Studios, or you can take the shuttle bus to Magic Kingdom. And then down the street, you have Animal Kingdom. It is an amazing facility. What Disney, they strongly emphasize customer service. Periodically, you have to go to what's called orientation where they teach you how to treat guests. 
They teach you different techniques of how you ought to interact with guests. Did you know that? Let me just share with you a few things about Disney that you might not know. Appearance. Facial hair is forbidden. If you work at Disney, you can't wear facial hair. Your hair can't touch your collar. I'm, I'm borderline here. I would have to trim that a little bit. Your sideburns can't go past your, your earlobes. And for ladies, if you want to wear nail polish, it has to be a natural color. You can't wear black or you can't wear purple or red. It has to be a natural color. And if you want to wear jewelry, your earrings can't be larger than a quarter. Can you believe that? You can't wear excessive jewelry. It has to be very mild. You can't show any tattoos. That's another thing. And you're not even considered an employee. Did you know that? You're considered a cast member. Everyone who works on Disney property is a cast member, not an employee. Now, when you're behind closed doors, you are off stage. But when you open the door and now you're out in public, you're now on stage as a cast member and you don't wear uniforms. No, you wear costumes. That's right. Those are just some of the things, the culture of Disney. But they really emphasize this customer service. And one of the things that they emphasize that I want to share with you is that if you are interacting with someone, one of the things that you have to do is once you get to know the individual's name, check this out, you have to use it at least three times in your conversation. So if you introduce yourself to someone and say, hello, my name's Robert, what is yours? And they say, my name is Jane. In that conversation, if it's long enough, you need to address them as Jane or as Mark. You need to address them by name. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to an interesting passage right here, Luke chapter 19. Go with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. The third book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 19. Now, we all know this story. We've read it. We've sang about it. We've been hearing this story since we were little. And this is what it says here in Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 1. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. He didn't live in Jericho. He was passing through Jericho. And it says, Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And now verse 5, pay close attention. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, And said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, 
for today I must stay at your house. Did you notice that Jesus used his name? He didn't just look up and say, hey, buddy, we're going to go eat at your house today. He didn't say, hey, guy. No, he chose to use his name. Now, he didn't live in Jericho. He was passing through. The Bible doesn't tell us how he knew Zacchaeus's name. Maybe as they were walking down the street, everyone was making fun of Zacchaeus and say, look, isn't that Zacchaeus? Look, Zacchaeus up on the tree. And so as he's walking down, he hears that this gentleman's name up on the tree is Zacchaeus. But when he gets to the tree, he chooses to call him by his name. He chooses to make that connection with Zacchaeus by calling out his name. And, you know, we actually see this throughout the scriptures. We actually see Jesus calling people by name. And if we want to be hospitable, if we want to show good customer service, we must address people by their name. Now, listen, I would be the first to admit that it's hard for me to remember people's names. It's difficult, especially when there's so many. But what I'm asking you to do is to make it a point, an emphasis to try and remember people's names. You might see someone here that you've never seen before. Maybe they're visiting and you're going to go up to them and say, hello, my name is Robert. Usually they'll respond and say, hi, my name is Timothy. Try and remember their name, Timothy, so that the next time you see them, maybe the following week or maybe at the end of the service, or maybe a month goes by, when you see them, you can say, hey, Timothy, it's been a long time since I've seen you. Or Timothy, did you enjoy the service today? Try to address people by their name and make that connection. It makes people feel special. You know, I've gone to retailers before, like a shop, And I'll introduce myself and I'll say, you know, my name's Robert and we get to talking, whatever. And and then I'll come back maybe a, a week later or two weeks later. And when I walk in through the door, I've had some retailers, some owners of the store say, hey, Robert, good to see you. It takes me back. It makes me want to come back. Good customer service. They're being hospitable. And as a church, we need to be hospitable. We need to call people by their names. And listen, sometimes we might forget, and that's okay. Just say to them, I forgot your name. What was it again? But don't let so much time go by that you get to the point where you say, man, oh man, I really ought to know their name, and I don't. Therefore, I'm not going to ask them. Has anyone ever been in that situation? I've been saying hi to them for six months now. I really should know their name. Don't let it get to that. If it does, just break through and say, you know what? I am so sorry, but I forgot your name. What's your name again? So that you can address people by name. It makes a connection. It makes them feel special. You know, I had a mentor of mine, Elder Cress, who passed away several years ago in a plane crash. But Elder Cress He had this knack for remembering names, more so than anyone else I've ever met. But he just had this knack for remembering names. We were talking one time, 
And we were kind of going back and forth. And he said to me, you know, Robert, you know, how's your family or where does your family live? He was getting to know me a little bit better. I said, well, you know, they're doing all right. I said, you know, mom's struggling a little bit right now. She's having a few health issues. And, you know, um, and he said to me, well, what's her name? I said, her, Teresa. I said, okay, I'll be praying for Teresa. Several months later, we were at a conference and Elder Crest comes up to me and says, Robert, how are things going? All pretty good. And he said to me, how's your mom, Teresa, doing? And I remember, I mean, I, I, immediately he just had my attention because I saw in him someone who cared, someone that took the time to remember the name. And I was more willing to open up to him. If we want to be a hospitable church, good customer service, we need to remember people's names and we need to use their names. Now, someone once taught me a little trick to try and make an association with the name. Has anyone ever heard of that where you make an association with the name? And so if they introduce themselves and they say, hi, my name is Mark, just say, oh, like Mark, like the gospel of Mark. Or you might say, you know what? I have a crazy uncle named Mark. And you make that association. And the next time you see him, you're able to say, oh, he's my crazy uncle. And you can go up to him and say, hey, Mark. And you make that connection. Be hospitable. Remember people's names and use them. So for the rest of this Pathfinder year, I'm challenging you that as you interact with church members and as you interact with people that come into church, whether they're a guest for the very first time or maybe they've been here for many, many years, I'm challenging you to learn and use their names. We can do it if we set our minds to do so. Now, another thing that Disney taught me was to always go the extra mile. That is something that they drill into you from the first orientation, from the moment that you're there, all throughout they're encouraging you to go the extra mile, right? So this is what this means. What it means is that if someone, a guest came up to me and asked me a question and said, do you know what the weather's going to be like today? Just as, as an example, I won't, this is not, I'm not supposed to do this. You know, I really don't know. I'm sorry. And then that's it. Ah, uh ah. -uh. If Disney knew that I was doing that, I would get reprimanded because Disney wants you to go the extra mile. In other words, if you don't know what the weather's going to be like, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to go find out. Or you're supposed to lead them to someone that does know what the weather is going to be like. So watch this. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 38. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 5. 5, verse 38. And it says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. 
if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you. Do not turn away. And so Jesus encourages us to go the extra mile. Don't just try and get away with the minimum. Don't just try and get away with the least amount of work possible. We want to be hospitable. We want to show good customer service. And what that means is that we will need to go the extra mile for people. Now, in the context of church, that might sound a little something like after potluck, the deacon gets up and says, we need help putting away the chairs. Can anyone help? What that means is that you don't just take one or two chairs and put them on the stack and then just kind of slip out and go play with your friends. No, what that means is, is that you stick around and you fold all the chairs and you put all the chairs away until all the chairs are put away. Going the extra mile says, deacon, is there anything else I can do? Going the extra mile means I might pull out the vacuum and start vacuuming. Or it might mean I go into the kitchen and start mopping or help putting stuff away. Going the extra mile goes a long way. You know, about a year and a half ago, there was a couple that stopped here at our church. It was a, it was a, a rainy day. They stopped by for some directions. They were lost. And they said, we, we don't know. We're trying to get to this conference and uh, we don't know how to get back on the road. And, and uh, we're just kind of turned around. And, and I said, well, you know, if you go down the street, you're not, okay, not this bridge, but you want to go on. I said, you know what? Let me just take you. No, 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 that's okay, that's okay, because we, we need to stop and eat somewhere before we get on the road. I said, well, what do you want to eat? So I said, well, I mean, anything fast like McDonald's or, or Burger King. I said, okay, I'll take you to Burger King, and then from there, I'll take you and show you the road that you need to go on. I was going the extra mile, you see. And so I got in the car, I took them all the way to Burger King, they followed me all the way there. I just stayed there in the parking lot, just waiting for them to order through the drive-thru. As soon as they were done, they, you know, got behind me. I took them all the way down the Golden Mile to the end of it. And I pointed them, you know, that's what you want. You want 70 West. And then they got on 70 West and they left. Now, before I let them go, when we were at Burger King, I ran over to the car and I gave them my business card. Well, guess what happened about two months later? I received a little card from them. We want to thank you so much. And, you know, you were so hospitable. And anytime we're in that area, we'd love to visit your church. And, and so I wrote them back and I said, you know, it was my joy, my privilege. Hope your trip went well, whatever. And then about a month later, they sent me another note just thinking about you and praying for your church and hope everything's well. And so I sent them a letter back and then they sent me one. This has been going on now for a year and a half. You see, going the extra mile for people. You know, there's a story in scripture that shows us someone going the extra mile for someone. It's found in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 3. If you go to Acts chapter 3, it's a very interesting one. A lot of times you don't even think about it as people going the extra mile. 
Acts chapter 3, uh, starting here with verse 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, um, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is God beautiful, to ask um, alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, um, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. So here you have this man who's begging, who's asking. And here Peter and John walk by and they say, you know what? I don't have what you're asking for. They could have just stopped there. Huh? They could have just kept on walking. They could have just said, you know what? I'm sorry, I can't help. But they didn't. They went the extra mile. And what did they do? It says, Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They went the extra mile for this man in need. And see, I want to be a church that's hospitable that has good customer service. And one of the things that we can do is we can remember and use people's names. A second thing that we can do is go the extra mile, whether it's for a guest or whether it's for a deacon or whether it's for a friend, is go the extra mile. You know what? About six months after we went to that Mexican restaurant, We were driving by and we looked over and guess what? It's a big old sign out of business. And all the doors were boarded up. It was closed, out of business. Heather and I, we looked at each other and we said, we knew that. We knew it was going that way. You know what? I never want to see a sign outside this church that says out of business. I never want to see the doors of this church boarded up. And so part of what we need to do is we need to be hospitable. When people come into this church, we need to treat them with the utmost respect And we need to show them good customer service. And if someone says, do you know where the bathroom is? You don't go, oh, it's over there. And you keep on walking. No, 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 no. You don't do that. You said, you know, it's right down there. In fact, let me take you there. And you walk them there and say, here it is. All right. We need to be hospitable. We need to be a church that accepts people. And we need to show them good customer service. We need to use their names. And we need to go the extra mile. Now, you pathfinders, are you going to take up the challenge to do this for at least the remainder of this pathfinder year? Yes? You have a commitment. Do I have a commitment from you? Raise your hand. All right. Do I have a commitment from the church to be hospitable? Our Father in heaven, we want to thank you and praise you. You're so awesome. And you know, when it comes to customer service, you are number one. No one 
beats you. Uh, You take the time, uh, you take the energy, um, you show the interest, you are there going the extra mile. Father God, as a church, uh, there is so much more at stake than than, uh, the bottom line. We're not, we're not a business. We're not here trying to make money. Lord, we're trying to win souls for the kingdom. We want to introduce people to Jesus. So God, help us to be hospitable with our guests and with our members, with brotherly love towards one another. Just help us to be hospitable. Give us the brain power to remember people's names and use them. God, help us and give us the courage and energy to go the extra mile is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at frederick.sdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click the sermon audio link. 